Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Inside the lunch table here on a Monday. We missed Friday's episode. Um, <laughs> and honestly, probably the worst day to miss because there's so much NBA and then the draft, and, and we didn't we 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 wanted to do something with the draft, didn't end up working out. Um, but Calvin came down to love it this last weekend. Calvin, how was it? Man, we had way too much fun, but my voice is still feeling it. And man, Kath is my back red. Man, Ooh. oh man. Had a little had a little pool day on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> Calvin got Calvin got uh, cherry red. Plenty it was, was kind of bad, indeed. Let's say plenty. Oh, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> but we, listen, we are back here today, so it's going to be a little bit of a longer show because there is so much to cover, um, and we want to make sure that we get everything, especially with the draft and the NBA. So uh, we're going to start in the draft, and then we're going to start about or uh, then move on to other news uh, within the NFL. Then we're going to throw it over to uh, the NBA. Uh, all first rounds are done. We've got two playoff games today. We had one or two yesterday. Um, it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great week here. Uh, but I do want to start in the draft, Calvin, and I want to say, uh, what the hell were my Vikings doing? Uh, we're going to start with who lost the draft, and my Vikings are going to be the very first people that, that I say who lost the draft. The Vikings traded their twelfth overall pick to Detroit in conference in division. They traded the 12th overall pick and move all the way back 20 spots to 32 uh, for nothing. We swapped second-round picks with Detroit. I mean, moving 20 spots in a draft in the third or fourth round, okay, I don't care. But in the first round, and the slap in the face for me and, Viking, and, and other Vikings fans was the fact that at 12, we had the ability to take Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the draft, and we moved back to 32 and take another safety. Now, I watched film on this guy after we drafted him, and he's not a terrible player uh, at all. And he's good. Oh, but not Kyle, Kyle Hamilton good. I mean, not, not Kyle Hamilton good. So that frustrated the absolute hell out of me. Then we start day two with the, 32nd, or with the 32nd and 34th pick. Well, I guess the 32nd pick was the last pick in the first round. But we had the 34th pick, and we trade it to Green Bay, our rivals. In the division, we traded to Green Bay, and we let Green Bay get a receiver, and we get nothing. We got two picks. Vikings lost the, the, this entire draft for me. I'm sorry. I don't care. Um, the fact, And it's not even the fact that we traded to the Lions, Calvin. It was we traded to the Lions, and, and we already have a, a struggling secondary, and they got the best receiver in the draft in Jamison yeah, Williams. That's the word. That's the kicker, right? And now I have to see him twice a best. year route oh, our menace. shit up. Well, the good news is he's playing with Jared Goff, so, I mean, we can lower his ceiling at least a little bit, but still, this kid is something. The, the fact that uh, – really, really impressive from Detroit, man. Detroit is not a team that you know doing good draft day business. They had a hell of a draft right here, Hutchison and Jamison Williams in the top 12. You can make an argument they got the two best players in the draft. Um, I, I have no complaints from Detroit, like he said about the Vikings. In division, so many – I just don't understand that. Um, you can trade with anybody in the league, anybody in the league, and you pick two division opponents and you gave them exactly what both of them needed. In the first oh. year of being a GM, bro. I guess what? Detroit needs everything. So I guess Detroit doesn't really count. But Green Bay, you gave Green Bay exactly what they needed. I don't really like that from your end because, I mean, this is this is in route. I mean, Green Bay was in the process of getting killed for not taking a receiver at pick 28. 
And then you helped bail him out by giving him that receiver in the second round. And that was the point that really kicked me was I was ready to kill the Green Bay front office again because they really screwed this up by going D-tackle in round one. I was I was scratching my head, and then they were able to get back in and still get one of the top uh, – or maybe not a top-end receiver. I think this kid could be a BB-plus guy, but playing with Aaron Rodgers will really help elevate his ceiling. So I just I just hate that it was in division, Cap. That's just my biggest issue. Yeah, uh, so do I. I was so frustrated. I, I was I was about to burn my Dalvin Cook and Stephon Diggs jerseys uh, after Thursday. Um, Friday was again another shit show. Whatever. Here we Absolutely. go. Um, I want to move it over to the um, the Bears. I think the Bears. Now listen. I think the Bears had a, a fairly decent draft. They got Kyle Gordon, who's a cornerback no from one. who's a yeah, especially for not. I, I think they had a fairly good draft. The only reason why I say that they didn't that they lost was because they didn't give any help to Justin Fields, a struggling rookie quarter, uh, a young rookie quarterback last year, uh, struggled incredibly. I just have an issue with, well, and you let Allen Robinson walk. It's like, they and you let Allen Robinson walk. Right. Uh, you got, a, you got uh Velas Jones. He's a wide receiver from Tennessee in the third round. I, they are, yes, Pringle 71 overall. The, the, the um, fourth receiver from Kansas city. Uh, I don't know about that one either. He's pretty now, good. Now listen, return. Uh, this one can change, Calvin, if they go to this offseason and they get somebody like Jarvis Landry, because Jarvis Landry is still on the board. Uh, get a veteran guy in there. Um, I just didn't think that they did a very good job of because that that's what that's what this I is. Think they are, I think their understanding though in Chicago is that while Aaron Rodgers is still around, at least they're just gonna they're gonna take this rebuild one step at a time. And I think that's what this was. This was a if you're looking at this in a three four year plan, this was a good start. You put a secondary together that's gonna that's gonna be able to stay. You've already got Jalen Johnson on one side of the field. Yeah, now, but in three to four years receiver, though, Calvin, you don't have you, your quarterback is gonna be up uh, for a contract. And I I still think Justin well, Fields is remember, a great quarterback. Can, even, even if this season doesn't go tremendously well, which I think is good for the Chicago Bears, if it doesn't go tremendously well, you need to find yourself back at the top of the draft again. And then you can solve your receiver problems next season. And I think that's what Chicago is looking at here. It is really passive, like Cap said, but I understand it from a team that has no intentions of winning anything serious next year. They'll just be happy to see Justin Fields get better. The Listen, I'm not is without weapons. How much better can he really get, though? Who's he going to throw the ball to? I'm not incredibly dis- or upset with the Bears um, not getting any oh, offensive yeah, weapons, bet. considering <laughs> considering I we bet. have to play them twice a year. Uh, my last my last person that I think lost the draft, um, the New England Patriots. What the hell? You signed you signed Cole Strange uh, in the first round. You picked Cole Strange in the first round, number twenty nine overall. Um, he's an offensive guard from UT Chattanooga, or UT Chattanooga. Sorry. Uh, and then, and then what? And then you draft Bailey Zappi uh, in the fifth round or whatever that was, quarterback from Western Kentucky, when you have Mac Jones. Now, I get it, the fourth and fifth round, finally, or fine, throw some people in there. I, I, I don't care. Um, but I thought the day two was just as bad. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, I like him. He was great in the Big 12, um, especially with all the wide receivers coming off the board early, early, early. Um, I, I kind of understand that, but – I would give them like an overall grade of a D plus. I mean, it was with uh, Baylor Bear receivers. I haven't seen anybody but Josh Gordon produce in the NFL. Um, if guys before you don't come to produce when you're in that same class, I don't like the pick at all. I'm um, captain was a little bit nicer than I'm going to be. Bill Belichick once again is back. He supposedly let the reins go on the draft process. Doesn't look like it at all. This is a Bill no. Belichick draft right here. So hundred um, percent. Not surprised at all. Uh, that there's nothing they can do it with that division anyway. 
there's Head nothing scratcher. they're going to do to catch Buffalo right now. As Buffalo has Josh Allen and all those weapons around him, that they're going to get torched in that division. Um, hopefully, that maybe they can vibe for a wild card spot. I doubt it. I don't think Mac Jones is good enough anyway. So I think they're just going to trug through another season, and Bill Belichick's going to get a little little bit closer to retirement. Kath. Uh, yeah, I I agree. Well, Bill Belichick can't draft very well, anyways. Um, that's been he's proven. gonna get tired of being uh, mediocre pretty fucking or pretty pretty freaking crap fast. I know. Especially uh, I do want Jones. Who who else, Calvin? Do you want to say that that kind of lost it? Those are my three. Uh, um, your Cowboys losers. Yeah, I definitely want to go my Cowboys. Um, I'm not like Kath. Kath did himself the favor after his Vikings drafted a, a little bit of a head scratcher at safety. He went and watched some film. I didn't do that. I'm just gonna go ahead and mark this one as a loss and move on. Um, Tyler Smith seems like a reach to me at whatever pick it was. Uh, in, this, in the second round, um, Sam Williams, outside linebacker, hopefully he can make an impact right away. Um, like I said, didn't waste my time to go watch the film. Neither picks interested me. There was nobody in three and four that did enough to catch my attention either. Uh, very mediocre draft from me. I'm thinking um, maybe CC plus only because I like Tolbert. And I think it was round three or four whenever we got him. Hopefully he can fill in uh, some wide receiver two, two while uh, Michael Gallup's out and then slide in that wide receiver three position. But, I mean, we missed on – I really hate not getting Tyron Matthew too. Um, it was a really crappy offseason. Um, not a lot to be happy with moving into the season. I think Philadelphia did enough with the draft that we're going to talk about to win the division as well. So, uh, just going to be another year being mediocre, Kath. Luckily, oh, you know who else? You know who else? Uh, Seattle. Seattle. I like the, I like taking I like taking Charles Cross in in well, uh, here, with the Kat. ninth overall pick. But listen, uh, you can't go wrong Seattle, in the first fifteen. Listen, my issue with Seattle is they had multiple opportunities to grab a quarterback. And exactly. Chose to roll their yes. dice with Drew Locke. Yes. Bro, yes. Pete Carroll. What? And I told I told Kath this earlier or over the weekend. This guy is so mediocre, man. He is so mediocre, and this is just a bad decision. Once again, Kath, we know Drew Locke can't play. We know. Well, why did they take Kenneth Walker with the 41th, 41st overall pick in the now, second now round? You got a shop they have running. two running backs. Now you got a shop already. And honestly, that was the most Pete Carroll decision I've ever seen right there. I, I got so two confused. running backs. You know what we need when we have two running backs? A third running back. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It was it was now, it was a Pete Carroll draft for sure. This is crazy. Uh, I I actually really love that they got Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant fell uh, to 109th overall. No, uh, I love the Kobe. I think that was their best draft. I don't like, you know, grading the first 10 drafts. I don't think that you can go wrong uh, with the first Absolutely. 10 picks. Everybody's phenomenal with the first 10, 15 picks in this draft, first 20 picks. Now, some of them were a little head scratcher, scratcher. Now, some of them were a little to, reaches. I wanted to add a loser real quick. Um, I want to add Jacksonville, Kath. I do not like the Trayvon Walker pick. Jacksonville gets okay. a little bit of redemption from me. Because they got back in at 27, got Devin Lloyd. You and me are both really high on Devin Lloyd. That was why I didn't want to give them the loss. But And I think it balances out a little bit. But I do not like missing at pick number one, especially when you reach. I mean, yeah. this guy was not a consensus number one. Nobody was talking about this kid even three, four days before the draft. And all of a sudden, he exploded up the draft. If Aiden Hutchinson does good things, if Derek Stingley Jr., if one of these guys does good things, this is going to be a real bad pick. And they need Trayvon Walker to produce right away. The pressure is going to be all the way up on that kid, too, because no one expected him to be a number one pick. So I just don't really like it. I don't like splashing at the top. Hopefully, I'm wrong because you don't want to wish for a kid not to be successful. But I just don't like the pick at number one at all, Kath. Yeah, uh, let's move it over to the winners. I think this is uh, this is kind of just it. The Jets won this draft. Now, granted, Absolutely. they had the ability; they could because they had the fourth, tenth, and twenty sixth. 
It was going to um, be hard not to. It was going to be hard it's, not it, to. Exactly. It was going to be hard not to. I do agree with that. Um, but you got Soft Gardner with the fourth overall pick. You got Garrett Wilson with the tenth overall pick. You got Jermaine Johnson that fell, who should have been a top top fifteen pick. You got Jermaine Johnson at twenty six, and then you get Brees Hall at number thirty six overall. A great running back out of uh, Iowa State. I mean, he is a pound for pound. This kid He's can the, run the football one hard. Number one running back in the draft. I like that. Uh, and so that that for me was when you get you started the draft off great when you got Sauce Gardner. Uh, Derek Stingley went at three. You had no other choice. That's fine. I, I don't personally care. Um, I think Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner are right there with each other. Uh, there was a stat that came out with Pro Football Focus that said uh, there was higher completion percentage uh, when uh, quarterbacks were throwing at the ground uh, than whenever quarterbacks were throwing at Sauce Gardner. That's in, or passer rating. Sorry, nice. that's incredible. That's incredible. Nice. Uh, Garrett Wilson is phenomenal. Jermaine Johnson, like I said, now we were talking about this during the day because uh, on Thursday. I was so confused why Jermaine Johnson was falling. And I was yeah. I was mad that the Cowboys didn't pick him up. At I'm at 24. Point, I was uh, watching the basketball game, ladies and gentlemen, and Caps just texted me. He goes, Jermaine Johnson is still what, – what the hell is going – what the hell is going on? And he just kept staying on the board. So, shout out to the Jets swooping in and making the play. Um, I think there were a couple teams, definitely my Cowboys, that could have done it. Done it. Um, I really wish Buffalo would have done it, Cap. I think I think it would have been a big addition to Buffalo right away. Buffalo for, too, yeah. No, he but, could have went anywhere. I mean, right. I, but shout out to Jets, like you said, shout out to the Jets. Um, let me throw two winners at you, both in my division. I want to go uh, the New York Football Giants, uh, Kayvon yep. Thibodeau at five. Absolutely love it. Um, probably the highest rated player in the draft on my end. Um, Evan Neal at seven. Maybe not the best tackle in the draft. I think the kid from NC State had a little bit val more value, but he was off the board, Cav, so they went next best talent. I can live with it. Two guys I think could come in and produce for a really bad football team right away. Um, and then the other one, Cav, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jordan Davis, that's Fletcher Cox's replacement. When Fletcher Cox is yep. ready to go, you got a guy in the building right away. It's a good pick right there. The other thing that's not on the draft, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Brown, Kath, I mean, that's somebody – I know he has health issues, ladies and gentlemen, but if he can just play 12 to 15 games, he's going to be a huge addition to a absolute terrible wide receiver room. Kath, who's that kid from TCU you love ripping? Um, Jalen Rieger, let's go ahead and get him the hell oh. off the field now. We can uh, slide A.J. Brown into play next to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith on cornerback two, ladies and gentlemen, will be a huge win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my Eagles. God. Uh, I, mean, I was talking to Kath about this. And AJ, hey, and AJ Brown is so big that you damn near have to double him a lot, right? So you're going to be opening up Devontae Smith one-on-one. -on -one. That adds a that adds a ton of value. But you know what time it is, though? It is time uh, for our main man at quarterback to step up. Yeah, I was about to say, that's what we talked about over the weekend. There was two things we talked about over the weekend. It was, A, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, it's now or never, bro. You got to be that guy right now. This team's ready to compete in this division. And the second one is, can this team win this division? And I told Gat, I really do think this team can win this division if Jalen Hurts is up to the call. Um, this, You play the Giants twice, you play the Reds or the football team, the Commanders. Man, bro, I'm, I'm going to have Good to get, get used to that name, bro. I, the Commanders, <laughs> the Commanders. That, that should be four wins right there. If you can find a way to split with Dallas, you got a serious chance to win this division if you balance the rest of your schedule. So I really like what the Philadelphia Eagles did in this draft, Kath. The other one I want to throw at you, the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Got Traylon Burks at pick 18. The one I really like, though, was got Malik Willis in round three right there. Yeah. This is uh -huh. a team that doesn't have to play Malik Willis right away. Ryan Tannehill can be the guy for all of the regular season, uh, even to the postseason, give this kid a whole year if need be. Kev, maybe he's better than that. Maybe he's ready by week eight or nine. 
Who knows? So right. I really do like what. Which, the by the way, the fact that he good. fell to the third round. Now we were telling you that we didn't think that they should go in the first round in general. But I was uh, first off, I was thinking that he would go before Desmond Ritter. That's number right. One. That was a uh, scratcher. That that was he. He went to Atlanta, right? Desmond Ritter. Yes, sir. He did. Yeah. He promised okay. a Super Shout Bowl, out to ladies it. and gentlemen. Yeah, he promised a Super Bowl. Shout <laughs> out to uh, Atlanta for I, again. I, I didn't understand that whatsoever. Um, I thought if if you know <laughs> once burns. we saw Kenny he, once we saw Kenny Pickett go to. Uh, go to Pittsburgh in the first round. I was like, okay, get it, fine. Uh, understand he's a Pittsburgh kid or whatever. And I thought Malik right, Willis absolutely. was going to be off the board for sure. It definitely was somebody like Seattle or something, you know, like uh, well, at least in the second round. Running back, you know, they just – Seattle just kept going running back, you know. they. Had, yeah. Had, had, I, had hey, listen, I, I also really liked what Baltimore did as well in the draft. I think Baltimore had a phenomenal draft. You got Kyle Hamilton at 14. You got the best center from Iowa, Tyler Lindenbaum. Now, the thing with the thing with Tyler that uh, is a little bit – like his biggest knock is that he's not very wide. He's not very big. He doesn't, he doesn't have big hands. He doesn't have a long reach. But listen, he, but listen, he he, he played – he was a wrestler in high school and in, in college, okay. I believe, or, or I know for sure in high school. Um, he understands leverage, and that's really all that's really all that uh, that center position is. You don't need to be massively big and long like you do with the tackles uh, to play the center position. I thought that pick was awesome. Uh, David Ajabo uh, from Michigan State, phenomenal. Um, their first three picks, three, four picks Talk were to me about great. Brown too. So, yeah, so but that was, that was going to be my negative for Baltimore was that they got rid of Hollywood Brown. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't seem to be too happy about it. Not at all, Mr. Kath, not at all. Um, I don't think that – I think they missed on Hollywood Brown personally. I don't think that Hollywood Brown – But that's the conversation here. Lamar Jackson needs to have a conversation and be a little bit more of a realist. I got a feeling Lamar Jackson is overvaluing Hollywood Brown because he is his boy. Uh, Lamar, let's be honest, Hollywood Brown is a B, maybe even a B minus, Kath. I mean, yeah. let's just oh, be real. No. Yeah. And going going to Arizona will do a lot of good for Hollywood Brown because playing next to um, DeAndre Hopkins will do so much good for him as an individual going on corner two, maybe even cornerback three. So I just think it's a good move for Hollywood Brown. And, I mean, you, you got you got a pick back, too, and a quality player who's ready to produce right now. I don't really have too many problems with it, Kath. Yeah, and, and speaking about that, uh, the Titans trade, getting rid of A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks are built the exact same. They play the exact same kind of I game. I mean, even I that, that was his that was his NFL comp coming out of uh, coming out of the draft or going into the draft was A.J. Brown. And listen, if you A.J. Brown was wanting twenty two, twenty three million dollars, he's getting that at uh, in Philly, which great for him. Right. But if you're if, if you're Tennessee, if you you're feel like you can get the running back in the league, I can't have the highest right. paid receiver, too. Right. If you are, if you want to keep Derrick Henry, which I like that move better than keeping AJ Brown and letting Absolutely. Derrick Henry walk, uh, and you feel like you can get the same production from Traylon Burks at least uh, on the field or somewhat close, you know, to, to the same production, then it was a great move because you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay him. So um, finally, I really liked what Detroit did uh, because they got Aiden Hutchinson. Great for them. Uh, they couldn't have asked for anything more for the Jags to do to not take Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, they got Jamison Williams at number 12 as well. They've got, they got a DT from Kentucky at 46. They got another safety, Kirby Joseph from Illinois. Uh, I, I really their draft. Like Williams pick. What'd you say? That I really did like that Jamison Williams pick too. Oh, they, they stole, they stole Jamison Williams. I'm telling exactly. you, if Jamison Williams did not tear his ACL, which by the way, he'll be coming back week four or five, I think is what it was. Um, just in time for a trip to Minnesota, huh? I hope. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I hope. Um, 
But no, he would have been the number one receiver if he didn't tear his ACL. I so, 100% agree. And I don't even have even... question. Right now, we were debating number one receiver coming into this draft. If Jamison Williams was healthy, it wouldn't have been a question to me. He was by far and away that guy. 100%. Well, I, I do want to switch it over a little bit because we didn't see Baker or uh, Debo Samuel get moved during this draft period here, which is really interesting. Uh, Debo Samuel is still saying that he doesn't want to be uh, a 49er anymore. Twitter, bro. I need him he to, is like, doing a fiasco on Twitter. Somebody. Get him a PR person. Him and, him and Odell are going back and forth. Uh, <laughs> Odell saying that he knows the knows the T about it, yada, yada, yada. Um, are you surprised that Debo didn't get moved? No, I'm not, bro. Nobody wants him. I mean, well, especially in day two and day three, bro. Let me tell you, the the Jets filled the Jets were the team that sounded interested in Debo. Got Garrett Wilson on a guy who's on a rookie deal, probably in better health than Debo, somebody that's ready to produce right away, and it's not going to cost me 25 mil. I mean, I have absolutely no problem with the Jets not making this move. They did absolutely everything they could have with their picks. With the Debo situation, um. Dog, if no one's calling, he's got to be well aware that he's going to have to sit on a sideline. I don't know if Debo Samuel's ready for that, Kath. I mean, you think he's ready to sit out games? Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if he's ready to sit out games, but at the same time, too, Big Bro, you're tarnishing your relationship with this with the organization Absolutely. Um, that you are still employed by. And if you think that they're going to give you any special treatment, like, see, that's my thing with all this with coming out and saying all this stuff about a, a, a team and an organization, you still have to work with them because if you just tarnish that relationship like Baker is doing uh, and like Debo Samuel is doing, then they don't, they don't have to send you somewhere great. They could send you to, they can send you to Detroit. They can send you to anywhere, but like to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Nobody wants right, to like, go to Jacksonville. Like they can send you wherever Cleveland. they want to send Ooh. Cleveland, right? Debo, like you want to go from San Fran to Cleveland? Oh, nobody wants to do that. Nobody. That's what I'm saying. So, and I don't think that his stock is is extremely high, anyways, because he can't stay on the field, and because he is wanting twenty five million dollars a year. That's an incredible amount of money to pay a wide receiver. I get that's what the um, that's what it is right now, and that's what it will be. But outside of last season, his his first couple of years in the league were damn straight average. Average. This is a one-season pop guy. Average. So, I mean, I just uh, – and outside of last season, I know last season he played 14 games. I might have played 15 games last season. Years before that, he played seven, and the year before that, he played nine. So, I just got to pull the reins on the Debo hype a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not giving him 25 mil. But listen, Kath, if he wants to settle that contract down to put on the blue and white star, by all means, if he, if he can settle on a 15-year, maybe three-year contract, I would be okay with bringing him to Dallas, but not for 25 mil. And I think that's how everyone else around the league feels. And until Debo understands that if he's going to get his money, it's probably going to be in a place that Debo doesn't want to be, or it's probably going to be in a place that the team doesn't want to trade him to either. So I think he's going to have a rough time this first or this next season. Yeah. Uh, so with the draft and then trades and all that kind of stuff, uh, the Saints have had a phenomenal uh, offseason. They just signed Tyron Matthew. Uh, Matthew's off the board. Finally, he's going back home. Great for Tyron Matthew. I think he fits Absolutely. perfectly in New Orleans. Um, he can he can come right in and produce. He can be a leader already. Uh, this team is desperate for a leader outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, uh, especially on the defense side of the football. Uh, Williams is gone, so that makes it even better. Um Calvin, kind of, kind of give me, you know, like a little letter grade on this Tyron Matthew um, signing, and then what they did in the draft. Uh, I, I think they had a, I think they had a great first round day uh, signing or getting Chris Olave, which helped. Draft. Yeah. Okay. 
you could my you could say my, my I didn't like things. the I didn't like the tackle from Northern Iowa. Um, thought they reached for that one as well. There was a ton of reaching in this draft, uh, and that's well, what happens when when people switch think, up and do different things. I, I think part of the reason why they reached that tackle was just because um, when a guy like Toron Armstead leaves yeah. the organization, it tends to make the organization panic, especially at a position like tackle. Um, right. The thing the thing that I have to that I have to pull the plug or pull the reins back on Saints fans a little bit. Guys, you're you're in Tom Brady's division still. This man came back. You're not winning this division. I mean, a lot of Saints fan thinks nine wins are going to be enough. That is that is not going to win you this division by any measure. Um, with Tom in Tampa Bay, I mean, the offseason was great. Tyron Matthews was a great signing. Hey, I don't know about that, Calvin, because they beat they beat Winston Tom Brady quarterback. Well, uh, that is 100 true. Tom might be not be able to beat the Saints still. But he can beat everybody else in the league just okay. I mean, I don't think That's the true, true. – uh, even if he loses twice to the Saints, we still saw him win this division last year. It's going to be the same script this year. Um, Jameis Winston, um, I, I love him to pieces. He's coin flip Jameis for a re- reason, Saints fans. He's good one week and he's bad the next. That's not a great recipe for success. If Jameis Winston can find a sense of, ca- of consistency, Kath, this is a 10 or 11 win football team. This roster is really good still. There's a reason why the salary cap is all the way loaded, and that's because there's a lot of talent on this football team. Well, and I was kind of a little bit confused why they did not sign um, Willis, why they did not draft Willis in the draft. Um, they had a chance, couple, well, couple of chances. Sure. No, they had a, they had a lot of chances. I mean, he was taking eighty six overall. Um, they didn't have they didn't have to take the corner uh, from whatever they took with their forty ninth overall pick. Absolutely. Listen, I I I thought personally, and I was I was saying this to a buddy of mine who's a Saints fan. I didn't think that you had to go out and reach for uh, and, and trade up for a quarterback necessarily. Um, I didn't think so. But I did think that if you did get a quarterback, if you had the opportunity to, to draft a quarterback, uh, somebody like Malik Willis, definitely not Desmond Raider. I hope he proves me wrong, but I really don't think that he will. Um, <laughs> that you have him sit behind Jameis. I mean, Jameis is a veteran guy, and we've said this. We said this on the, on the podcast. Like him, 29-year-old Jameis guy. is a veteran. He's a veteran guy. He may not be the best quarterback ever, but he's a veteran guy. He's seen a lot of stuff. He's played a lot of football. He's Sit behind him for you. Because, listen, because that's the recipe for success in the NFL is okay. having your rookie quarterbacks sit behind somebody uh, and, and not have to go right into the fire. And now let me tell you, ladies and so, gentlemen, there are ways to be successful as because I'm not saying that all rookies have to sit on the bench. It just makes life so damn difficult when you have to play day mm-hmm. one because the it, NFL exactly. is it's just so don't. much faster than college. And it's just it's so hard to uh, replicate that in a practice environment. You know, like the only right. way to understand Sunday is to play on Sunday. And you just don't want to do that a week one at the New York Jets at Zach Wilson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the perfect prospect. How was Jacksonville last year, Kath? Terrible. Exactly. It's not easy, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we think the best situation for these rookie guys is a competent roster with a guy who's a bridge quarterback who can play for a couple of seasons and then pass the reins. Alex Smith, for example, Kansas City, they understood this. That is the recipe. And now these guys who slid in the draft path, I think it'll do Malik Willis a lot of good. Because I think it's oh, very humbling. It gives you a lot of drive. Yes. It wants you to prove 87 picks wrong or 86 picks wrong. And so Kenny uh, Pickett, on the other hand, you think he can beat out Mitch Jabrisky start week one? I don't think he's got any shot, but I've seen a lot of Steelers fans pushing for it. Well, and listen, I, and for like Pittsburgh, for example, 
I think that's a perfect situation because Kenny Pickett can sit behind and and get reps at that position. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at we look at these Unless great quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky lights the house on fire. If Mitch Trubisky lights the house on fire, then we can go Kenny Pickett. But I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is just going to throw the ball away 17 times a game and all, all the garbage that I'm hearing from Steelers fans on Twitter. Y'all trust Mitch Trubisky playing with a guy like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin will get him to settle down. And the question is, out receiver, um, can Chase Claypool be that guy? Juju's not there anymore. Uh, running back's still a little bit of a head-scratcher for me, as well as an aging offensive line. So I just don't feel really comfortable throwing Kenny Pickett into the fire of this offense. The defense is going to be the thing that takes this team, Cap. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, two of the best 100%. in football. Yeah, yeah. So I just right, right. That, and I- uh, let Mitchell Trubisky give it a ride this season. Maybe stumble your way into nine wins. Even with Kenny Pickett, you're not winning this division. This division is locked and loaded at the top end. Let's just take this slow, Steelers fan. Let's take this one day at a time with Kenny Pickett. No, I, I agree with it, um, with with taking it slow. Now, we've seen loaded, in, bro. We've, we've seen young quarterbacks. There's two ways of success. Either you sit behind a quarterback, or if you draft them and you're playing them right away, you better get them weapons as soon as you possibly yes, can. Baby. Like look at but like look at Buffalo for example. Buffalo they they play Jared or uh, um, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Terrible in that first year too. It was he was rough. terrible in his first year, and then guess what? They they surround him with a ton of pieces. They get they get a great offensive line. They get Stephon Diggs. Uh, their defense is incredible, and they have a phenomenal head coach. So there's not like a, a an absolute only one way to to be a quarterback uh, and succeed in it. But the the most common one is if you fall in the draft a little bit, if you're not one of those first four got four or five guys taken in the draft, because listen, it's consistently the first or the, the same 10 teams that are picking one through five. <laughs> they're terrible organizations. I, I mean, they're down. terrible organizations. And it's really hard to get out of that. You're going to see, you're going to see people like Detroit and Jacksonville and, and hey, the Texans listen, in there for a long time. Jacksonville. And this is what Houston messed up on is Houston had that franchise guy and they screwed up that quarterback position because let's be honest, Houston was back to playoff games. I mean, exactly. this team was moving in the right direction. Then they screwed up that franchise guy. Jacksonville's got the quarterback right now. I mean, you got, you got to put the pieces around it. I think Jacksonville's moving in the right direction. We can't have scandals like Urban Meyer. We can't have nope. Trayvon Walker at number one pit. Like, these are the type of things that keep these bad organizations bad. And it, it's worrisome for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, especially with player mobility. Jacksonville's got to get this right right pretty quick, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Correct. Christian Kirk. Oh, my goodness. Other, uh, other NFL news before we move on to the uh, National Basketball Association. Uh, the Bears did release um, Nick Foles. Kind of surprised okay. there a little bit. Me too, great uh, leader. Just, yeah, just a great leader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Honestly, Las Vegas guy. Raiders. He's a great person. Oh, yeah, I know. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, the, the Raiders, they declined the fifth-year option for Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram, 2019's uh, draft class there. Oh, I'm Josh, a little surprised with Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah, I didn't see that uh, one. I saw the other two. I did not see Josh Jacobs. I'm a little surprised with Josh Jacobs. Um, I understand that he has he didn't have a great year last year. Was he hurt last year? I have actually heard locker room stories. Um, not anything. Not anything. I'm going to give you because I don't have enough substance to tell you it's true. But there are inside reporters who tell you he's had some teammate issues, and I'm willing to bet you that's what this has to do with. Because I know uh, when when Josh Jacobs exploded that second year out of the league, he believed he was um, the guy, and then like Cass said, he started picking up some injury knocks. And uh, work ethic seemed to become a little bit of a question in the mix. So I, I'm not surprised they didn't pick up this option. I just hadn't heard it before the show. It just kind of blew my mind when he said it right there. I was, whoa. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ross, the Chiefs did sign Justin Ross. Listen, that was a hell of a pickup. Yeah, Abba, Abba. The fact the fact that Justin Ross is an, was an undrafted uh, free agent is 
Incredible. Remarkable Absolutely to me. Incredible. Two years ago, you would have said this guy was going to be a first-round draft pick and he was going to be a, a, one of the first wide receivers taken off the board. He goes to undrafted. Um, I think this is a perfect situation for him. Listen, you're going to play in Andy Reid's offense. You're going to have the best quarterback in the league. You're going to show exactly why um, you should have been drafted. Injuries, listen, injuries, and, and, and this is why I'm all for, by the way, for uh, this NIL stuff and players getting played or paid is because of stuff like this, you get injured uh, and, and, and you go from being a top 15 pick, top 20 pick to all of a sudden you're now undrafted. Um, a lot but of money he lost, ladies and gentlemen. A lot. He's lost a lot Millions. of money there. Uh, but I think it's, I, I really do think that he's going to make a name for himself. Listen, we do, we, we see this Especially with the Chiefs offense. all the time, anyways. Um, it's they pick get yards as a receiver in this offense. Exactly. It is. Uh, so hopefully he does well there. It was, it's, it just sucks to see a guy with that much talent um, get injured and then goes yeah, to the no draft. Uh, you know, he, he did well with Clemson. I mean, he was he, great in the national <laughs> title game. Great in the yeah, national title game. Exactly. 2019, huh? Right. So uh, that's all I got for the NFL. Kevin, you got anything else with the NFL? Um, no, not really. Uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of head scratchers in this draft, man. A lot of head scratchers. Ton of head scratchers in this draft. A lot of reaching that I saw. Uh, but I said this earlier. That's you see that you you see that whenever. Uh, first off, I mean the draft started out on a on a head scratcher with yeah, uh, Trayvon Walker and, and not hate Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, well, and then anyone thought the corners were going to go that high, man. I didn't either. Impressive. I did not think Stingley was going to go uh, at three. Did not think, think about, Stingley was. What do you think about the Texans and that the the tackle they picked? And I want to say it was twelve or, or fourteen, maybe the guard they selected. I um I, I kind of think I kind of um, they traded back into reach right there, and I wasn't really happy about that one. But besides that, I think Derek Stingley. Was oh, are you talking about uh, Kenyon Green? Yeah, 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 yeah. That um yeah from A and M. Did you like it? I mean, I thought that it was okay. Again, you're reaching, but offensive no, linemen were going off the board too. That's true. They were flying. I think the I think they're the I think their best pick of the day in in terms of uh, their two best picks of the day. I'm not going to put Derek Singley in there because that's a given. Well, yeah, uh, I'm going to say Jalen Pete. I'm going to say Jalen Petrie and J- uh, John Mechie. No I, I like both those picks. Petrie Petrie is a uh, who was the comp that I gave gave to him? Uh, Jabril Peppers. Yeah, guy plays is. everywhere. I mean, it, this this kid. Jalen Petrie is a phenomenal player. He's from Baylor. Uh, and if you watch anything with Baylor, uh, number eight, Jalen Petrie was running around the field. I mean, nothing but – I thought he should have won in the first round. He's got the talent to be in the first round. And then John Mechie, uh, that kid can fly. That's really it. So Another I, injury. The, the, one, I thought the, another injury. I thought the Texans had a fairly good draft. Uh, I, really I would like give Stingley it a B-plus. Yeah, I, I, I like Stingley. And like I said, Mitchie is uh, – that's a guy who would have been a first round if he would have stayed healthy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Calvin, let's throw it over to this uh, to the NBA. We're gonna travel all the way back to Wednesday, uh, five days ago here. Um, I like it. So Milwaukee beat the uh, beat the Bulls, finished that series out. The Warriors also beat the Nuggets, finished that series out as well, both four to one. Uh, really disappointed from what I saw from the Bulls. Not disappointed from what I saw from the Nuggets because that's we already kind of knew that they fought hard. That was what was going to happen. Now, Thursday was interesting. Uh, the 76ers absolutely routed the Raptors. Um, just absolutely just routed the Raptors. Suns beat the Pelicans. Thought that that was a close game, especially coming down at the end there. Um, I liked what I saw from Chris Paul. Obviously, 14 for 14. for 14. He was perfect from the field, plus 17, 33 points. 
um, eight assists, five rebounds. His assist number came down a little bit, but that's because he was shooting the lights out of the gym. He didn't miss. He took over, bro. <laughs> he didn't miss. Uh, and Thursday was also when uh, the Mavs did fin- uh, close out the series with the Jazz. Uh, Calvin, I, let's 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 talk about this Rudy Gobert situation here. Um, and let's because I've seen some stuff on Twitter and it's it's going both ways. People are saying uh, Donovan Mitchell is the one that you need to keep, and people are saying Rudy Gobert is the one you need to keep. I was talking to a buddy of mine. I also t- uh, tweeted out on Twitter. Great for Gobert. I think Gobert needs to get as far away from Utah as he can possibly get away. And if Utah wants to keep Donovan Mitchell, fine. Go ahead and keep Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and Thursday's loss, though, uh, Donovan Mitchell was 9 for 17, 23 points. I don't care how many points the kid scores. I don't care about it. He's 2 for 7 from 3. He needs to quit shooting the ball. He had 9 assists. That's fine, whatever. If Rudy Gobert – now he wasn't. He, he was three for six from the field and only ten points. But if you gave him the ball, I promise you, Rudy Gobert would. And if you would be in an if you would be in a friendly Rudy Gobert offense, this this I think he would average 15, 17, 18 points a game. Luca would get him eighteen a game on the Mavs, easy. Maybe Sky at twenty two, easy. Just off of lobs, just off of lobs and dunks. He wouldn't even need an offensive package. Just off of lobs and dunks. They refuse to feed him. Uh, we told you this from, from game one of this series. I told you guys, if they lost this series, this team was blowing up. And as we got deeper and deeper into the series, it just became more and more relevant that this team was going to die if they lost. And they lost, ladies and gentlemen. So that means uh, it's over for these two. And like I, uh, I sent Kath a tweet this morning, it is uh, Rudy Gobert seems to be in a him or me situation. One of the two's got to go. Um there's going to be plenty of suitors for Rudy Gobert. I do not doubt that. Yes. Donovan Mitchell, I'm not so sure about, Kath. Um, it doesn't seem like fans to uh, seem to be as interested in Donovan Mitchell as they are Rudy Gobert. doesn't seem like general managers seem to be as interested in Donovan Mitchell as, as they are in Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, I think it's because he's on the back end of his deal, and Donovan Mitchell is because uh, I think he's got teammate issues, Kath. Um, I really do. Um, I think since Joe Ingles has left, this team has completely fallen apart. And a part of the reason for that is because Donovan Mitchell is such the diva that he is. And so if I'm a GM, I don't want to bring him into my organization. But Rudy Gobert, no, the, the defense, what he adds, absolutely. I take it seven days out of the week and twice on Sunday, Kath. I would Great win for the I mean, Mavs. Great win. Oh, 100%. It was, yeah, it was, and it was a great I, I, series. I completely forgot to say that. Great win for the Mavs. I'm glad to see they closed that one out. Uh, Kath, my hands are sweat. I've been sweating all day waiting for this Phoenix game. I hate that we're playing on the West Coast because I got to stay up all night, but uh, I'm absolutely excited for a second round series. Well, let's talk about uh, this Memphis game on Friday. We watched this one together. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know really what else to say other than see Memphis you, just can. <laughs> Memphis just. He, they just continue to just piss everything down. Uh, this game should have – this series should have been over. It should have been over in, in – go ahead. They gave him Scott Frost, and he still couldn't close this game. And he still couldn't – Scott Frost did everything he can to help the Timberwolves out, and they still found a way to lose this game. Like you well, were I, listen, say, I, five games, man. It, it should have been, been over in game five. should have been over in game five. It shouldn't have gone to game six. And you damn sure shouldn't have, uh, have gone into game six, down three, two. You should have been leading the series uh, three to two. Um, there was two games that they that you let Memphis come back uh, from ter- in, with, from in fourth quarter. But I want you, Calvin, to talk about our, our main man here, your favorite basketball player in the league, Carl Anthony Towns here. Um, I want to read off his line real quick, and then I want you to just dig right into him. Six for 19. <laughs> 0 for 3 from 3, uh, finished with 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 18 points, minus 3. Um, talk about that minus 3 number, though, Calvin. Why was he minus 3? 
Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, in this game, we saw Carl Anthony Towns give up anything and everything at the rim. If this man was a gatekeeper, he would be an F minus overall because everything got past <laughs> this man. Jaron Jackson ate, John Morant ate at the rim. And John, let me tell you, John Morant got bailed out by the fact that Carl Anthony Towns wouldn't stop fouling them either. There were multiple times where Carl Anthony Towns and Pat Bev bailed out a bad Memphis possession by fouling someone because they refused to stay in front of them. Um, Carl Anthony Towns on the offensive end was just as bad as he was on the defensive end, Kath. He took terrible shots from quarter one to quarter four in this game. If you simply just – one of the mistakes I made was when I woke up this morning, I watched the shooting uh, – the, the shot by shot from this game, all 19 of those shots. A lot of these were in the post, Kath. He was getting worked by Jaron Jackson down low. He was having no uh, no luck on the offensive rebound. He wasn't getting to the free throw line. I mean, overall, he was just having an, a rough game. And I'm not surprised at all. I mean, this is who Carl Anthony Towns is. Um, in a big-time moment, he was unable to deliver. And I'm not surprised. We'll see you later. Um, Anthony Edwards was not bad, Kat. I mean, he was minus five because he got torched on the opposite end. But he gave me 30 points. And it just wasn't enough for the Timberwolves to compete in this one. Um Memphis has Memphis is on to the next one, and uh, we'll talk about the next one. But it was a bumpy start to that one too. Not a yeah, great you know, series for the Grizzlies by any measure. Not a great series. No, not at all. Uh, let's throw it over here uh, to Sunday because that was that was yesterday's games. <clears throat> um, so the Bucks just absolutely routed the Celtics. Man, this was a game didn't right look here. close, uh, and this was interesting because game one Bucks. We, we talk about this on the right? podcast, and we talk about it with each other. Uh, the Bucks looked really good though. Uh, Giannis had that crazy dunk off the backboard. I mean, he, he channeled his inner LeBron, passed it to himself off the backboard. Should have been an assist. I don't think they counted it. Um, but the Celtics couldn't get anything. Now, the, the main issue uh, with the Celtics was the fact uh, that Jalen Brown was 4 for 13 in the game, and Jason Tatum didn't heat up until the third quarter, fourth quarter. Uh, he was terrible in the first half. Uh, everybody, in the, everybody minus Marcus Smart finished uh, minus in the starting lineup for the Celtics. Jalen Brown got you 12 points. Jason Tatum got you 21. Al Horford was four for nine from three. The fact that he took nine threes is astonishing to me. Uh, all four. Jack, they took 50 as a team. Jesus. All, all of their points or all of Al Horford's points came from uh, the three. They shot eight for 18 for 50 from three, uh, 33% from the field. Uh, I, Calvin, we watched this one together as well before you left. Kind of, kind of touch on the fact that the Celtics team came in and we were like their defense on KD and Kyrie was phenomenal. They looked like the best defensive team and they could not even hold Giannis at all. Um, Giannis was getting pretty much whatever he wanted to get, except for the, it. Listen, Giannis could have had forty five. Giannis only finished with twenty four. Giannis wasn't making his layups. That was the that was there the issue. Is. He was nine for twenty five on the day. By the way, still finished plus twenty three. You shoot nine for twenty five and you finish plus twenty three. The fact that he was oh. even in the plus column is ridiculous, but he finished plus 23. That's another one. Let what the hell? Him, uh, plus 23. Um, the reason why the Boston Celtics lost this game, Kath, is because when Brooke Lopez announced the Kumpo challenge shots, the Celtics shot three for 20 on those shots. Three for 20. Giannis and Brooke Lopez held the Celtics for three for 20 for shots inside the painted area. Um, the rim protection in this game was absolutely phenomenal. Um, what uh, Brooke Lopez, let me tell you, he didn't give me anything on the offensive end, Kath. He gave me absolutely everything on everything. the paint, though. Ten rebounds, yeah. what he did in the paint. Now, granted, you only you only see, uh, I think it's only, what, two blocks on the score, three blocks on the box card. He challenged countless number of shots. He made a lot of people uncomfortable at the rim, too, and he was part of the reason why they jacked up 53s was because the Celtics weren't comfortable going into the paint. 
Uh, if that continues throughout this series, it's going to be a good recipe for success for Milwaukee. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Ansu Kumbo is not shooting nine for 25 from the field again. I can absolutely I promise you that. Um, the 12 assists is the number I really care about, Cap. Yes, that's massive. One of, the reason, one of the reasons Brooklyn struggled last series, ladies and gentlemen, is because they refused to pass out of double teams. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo had no problem doing it, and his teammates had no problem knocking down their triples. Um, I got everything I could have asked for from Grayson Allen. Cap, uh, the guy I couldn't stop talking about while we were watching this one, Javon Carter, gave me everything I could have asked for on the defensive end. He had seven points. It was plus 25. Yep. I mean, hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Hopefully he keeps those 20 minutes he got in this game because I liked everything he gave me in this one. Um, great win for the Bucks. If you're the Celtics, um, got to strap our balls to our back to our body and go into the paint and find us some buckets. We can't go three for 20 on Ansu Kubo and Brooke Lopez. We got to be able to challenge those guys inside. I don't know if it requires Tatum or Brown to dunk on somebody to get the rest of these guys going, but somebody needs some energy and low. We can't be jacking 53s and only making 18 of them. Yeah, well, the issue that I had with the Bucks, this is my only takeaway. You cannot shoot uh, – Giannis cannot go 9 for 25 and then have Drew Holiday go 8 for 20. Drew Holiday is supposed to be – now, get, I get that he had 25 points. I mean, uh, they barely scored 100 points, Cap. They right. They that, played some damn good defense. Well, that's that. See, that's my only thing, and that's going to be the one key. Drew Holiday has to step up uh, and shoot better than eight for twenty if they want to beat uh, win this series with the Celtics. I don't think that Jalen Brown. Well, I don't think that uh, Jason Tatum is going to play as poor as what he did At, in the first quarter. They were a combined two for nine or something that ridiculous. Terrible, I mean, it's not like they were. It's not like they were taking contested shots. No, they were. Some of these were wide open, uh, and they just weren't knocking them down. That's part of the issue. I, I don't think the Celtics will shoot this poor again. Uh, but at the same time, you can't you can't take 53s and only make 18 of them, Calvin. Sure. And let me tell you, that Cal, can't the, happen. The, the biggest takeaway from this game is you just pissed away home court advantage. So now you got to exactly. go win in the Green City, and Milwaukee's going to back that arena out. And if you lose game two, the series is over. So you now put yourself in somewhat of a corner going into game two. The good news is you're playing at TD Garden, so you got to take advantage of these home court fans and go and even up this series. Because we go back down to Milwaukee 2-0, I mean, they win one of those games and it's over, Cap. What my question is: Are they going to? Is Marcus Smart going to play game two? Um, I, I mean, think he, so. he has so. to. He has to. It, uh, he got he got banged up. I mean, hell, yeah. he 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 got banged up bad. He was limping off the court uh, after the loss. Uh, what he what did he do? He bruised his he bruised his quad. He hurt his pet, strained his pec, um, hurt his knee again. Uh, he, this it was kid rough, a, man. It was rough. He took a beating. No, this kid had a this kid had a terrible. Well, let me uh, tell you, Kath. Though the issue for the Celtics is Peyton Pritchard came into the fourth quarter, and when you remember this, I told you I needed Peyton Pritchard to knock down some of those open shots he had at the start of that fourth quarter, Kath, and he went a casual zero for four. Um, that is that is not a recipe for success by any measure. So, uh, if Marcus Smart's not going to play, uh, it's it's going to put these Celtics in a real quarter, shrinking that rotation down to eight nine guys. No, no, no. I agree with it. Um, Marcus Smart has to play. Like I said, he was the only bright spot for uh, uh, for Boston. That that he was the only good thing that happened there. Um, I want to move into to the Warriors here because this Warriors Grizzlies game Grizzlies game was incredible. Uh, I thought it was a, it was a great first uh, game. It was in Memphis, uh, and the Warriors ended up beating them one seventeen to one sixteen. John Morant did have a uh, a chance to win it there at the end. Clay Thompson did make him take a tough shot. Uh, it was great defense by Clay. Great they defense. To, they had a chance to win the game though. There, uh, Clay Thompson. Now, good thing he did because he missed that little free throw there that gave them a chance to win the game. Um, Absolutely. So the Grizzlies were leading into uh, going into the 
fourth quarter. Uh, and they, sorry, uh, Golden State was leading into the fourth quarter. My bad. Um, but the, the question that I have here, uh, John Morant played terrible. Again? 34 points, though. 14 for 31. Is it time to kind of take a step back and and maybe say – this is John Morant's team. I will agree with that. But Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson are consistently – now, not Desmond Bain uh, on Sunday. But J- Jaron Jackson was 10 for 18, 3 for 9 – or 6 for 9 from 3, uh, 33 points, didn't play great defense. Um, but my question is, is this more of Jaron Jackson's team on the court instead of instead of just – uh, like looking at the mem- or looking at the Grizzlies, you know what I'm saying? No, it's just um, John Moran is struggling to make some really easy shots right now. I mean, he got to the rim a lot in this game and just wasn't able to finish. And now uh, maybe we got to tip our ads to Golden State for that, but Golden State is not a force in the paint, ladies and gentlemen. And I just, um, I was incredibly disappointed when I got, I got from John Moran only three trips to the or only three shots from the free throw line as well. When you struggle to shoot from the field, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go to the line. But Jaron Jackson gave you everything you could have asked for and more. Unfortunately, what this game came down to, Kath, is Golden State knows how to win just a little bit better than Memphis does. Yeah. Um, I was uh, Memphis. You couldn't have asked for anything more in game one. You had a chance to win at the buzzer. Uh, great defense, like Cap said, from Clay Thompson. Um, you had a chance to close this. You were up two points and you let the second best shooter on the court cook you for a wide open three. And you know, Clay Thompson is clutching moments like that. He might have shot six for 19 from the game, but when they, he was needed, he was there to be found. So I was just disappointed, Cap. Memphis had everything it needed to win game one and they weren't able to do it in Golden State. It would have been a huge momentum boost going into the rest of the series. Well, the the thing with and we saw this now. Jordan Poole came off the bench, um, didn't Absolutely start the phenomenal. game. Now, now he played thirty eight uh, minutes and he was five for ten for three, twelve for twenty from the field. He dropped thirty one points. He finished plus ten. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he played. He outplayed Curry and Clay. Absolutely. The the problem that I have with Memphis is same thing with Boston. You lose home, home court advantage in a game that you probably should have won because Clay and Steph both played terrible. Uh, they, they both shot. Man, I forgot here. this was in Memphis. Memphis is the two seed. Oh my right. gosh, I forgot. That's a good point. So you, you lose home court advantage in a game that you should have won because their two, best, their two best players didn't play very well. And well, Draymond they gotta Green cut got to cut that out, and, though. And Draymond got ejected. Oh, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so that, and that's another thing too. Which, by the way, we're, I'm going to say something about that here in a second. Uh, it's just frustrating if you're a Memphis fan that you lose by one and you have a chance to win the game at the very end. And I thought it was a great play call. And I think that you give Jaw the, the chance to win the game. But it's just, dang, like, damn. Like, Curry was 8 for 20. Clay Let me was, tell you, Kat, was 6 both for those guys, like, 8, uh, 24 and 15. Uh, I hated it from both of them. Lots of shots. Doesn't wasn't a lot falling. The good news is, like I said, Clay hit the one that mattered. So I'll tip my hat to him. Um, Cap X Factor for me in this series, Gary Payton the second. Um, reason why he started in this game was to guard John Morant. He did a pretty decent job, Kath. I really liked the job he put it on John Morant. I think he's gonna have to be the go-to guy to defend him because it looks like Clay Thompson is having some issues on the defensive end. The lateral quickness is not there to keep up with John Morant. I think that'll increase Gary Payton's role in this series, which just makes this rotation even harder, Kath, because I don't think you can play all three of the guards with Jordan and pull out there and have a success on the defensive end, especially when these guys are shooting eight for 20 and six for 19. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, it, and I, I'm a big Memphis fan because I like uh, – they had they don't have – I mean, outside of Durant, Jackson's making a name for him. This is not just a star-filled uh, team here. Lots of young but kiddos. It, it, it just sucks if you're a Memphis fan uh, that you lose game one in the fashion that you do. Um, and, and, and honestly, 
the Memphis looked better for the majority of the game. They looked more, they looked better than Golden State did uh, for the majority of the game there. Bro, I tell you, um, just a game that you have, you have to win that game. You you can't lose home court advantage like that. No, no, I 110% agree. If I'm Chris Finch, what I'm doing right now, um, is I'm going to pull Xavier Tillman, Kath. I want Jaron Jackson to play center. And I want to bring DeAndre Melton into my starting lineup. I'll, either that or Brandon Clark. I'll live with Brandon Clark, too. But yeah. I just want to go small right here and make Jaron Jackson play the five. Because if I think if you bring either DeAndre – the reason why I want DeAndre Melton in the starting lineup is that's another guy that you're going to ask Golden State to defend. So it makes Steph Curry even have more of a challenge to hide on defense. And I think if the Grizzlies do that, they can be incredibly successful in this series. But uh, Xavier Tillman got exposed in the pick-and-roll, Kath. Um, we saw – um, Jared, uh, Steven Adams didn't even didn't even get listed on the roster in this game because they knew he can't handle the pick and roll. So if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, I think you need to go small, let Jaron Jackson play the five and get one of these guards or maybe Brandon Clark into the starting lineup so you can challenge Steph Curry on defense. Well, listen, the Warriors go small too all the time. Absolutely. Because they, put, because they want to put Jordan Poole on the same court as Steph Curry and Clay. So they, they, they go small a ton. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Well, and if you look at it, um, Kavon Looney is the only big guy getting minutes for Golden State right now. Um, Kaminga is right. not big enough to be a power forward. Um, that's the only one. Be elites that got DMP'd in this game. So I, I would slide Jaron Jackson down, let him battle with Draymond Green, and then let the rest of these guys just torment these guards on defense. Right. Uh, let's let's hear though today, um, two today. We've got the 76ers and Heat game one here, uh, 6.30. Miami is minus seven and a half. Now, Calvin, can you explain why they are minus seven and a half? Um, without Joel Embiid, there's not a lot of faith in the Philadelphia 76ers. They do not have another center who can come in and play effective minutes. Um, the worst case scenario for the Philadelphia 76ers is having to play DeAndre Jordan, and they might have to do it in this series, Kath, and Vegas doesn't like that, so I'd watch out for this game to get ugly real fast. Um <clears throat> Unless Houston James Harden shows up, Kath, I think this game's going to go to Miami very comfortably, unless – Unless the one thing I'm worried about, Kath, um, the Miami injury chart is absolutely loaded. Um, I don't know if any of these are true. I mean, I've got PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Keith Morris, Caleb Martin, and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, day to day. All I don't know. I don't know if any of these are real. Um, I know I'm about 98% sure Kyle Lowry is not going to play, but the rest of these names on this list, I'm not so sure about, Kath. So if all of these are true, none of these guys play. Kyle Lowry's not even on the injury report. Yeah, I know. They they scratched him themselves, though. Like, they came out and announced that one. But the rest of these guys, they said nothing about it. And all of a sudden, they ended up on the injury chart. So I don't know if it's just smoking gun or if these guys are really hurt. So it's interesting to watch. The good news is I do know for sure Joel Embiid is out. So that means the Sixers are going to be tough. Uh, We need a lot from your boy Tyrese Maxey tonight, Kath. Yeah. No, fuck. Not even that. Screw that. <laughs> you need a lot from James Harden. Okay? The, well, this, is James Harden this is James Harden's time right here to step right? up and do something it's, and produce. It's now or never, bro. This is a, a uh, resume-defining moment without Joel Embiid. Are you going to get swept or are you going to compete? Because they say Joel Embiid might be able to come back for game three, ladies and gentlemen. So as long as you don't get absolutely battered in games one or two and just keep this series alive, I mean, that gives you a chance to turn it into a five-game series on the back end. If James Harden comes out here and plays dog ball, I mean, they're going to get absolutely ran these first two games. Well, I do want to talk about um, – well, it's interesting that you say that because if if Joel Embiid does come back in game three or game four, and let's say that Philly finds – let's say that he comes back game three, and let's say that uh, Miami finds a way to win both of those games. Uh, do you – I mean, is this series just over? 
No, you can't do that if you're a Philadelphia fan because you traded Ben Simmons and all your players away from James Harden to win now. And if James Harden walks in free agency after you bailing on the season, it's going to be hard to explain to the fan base. I think uh, even if you're down 2-0, you got to bring Joel Embiid back and give it everything you got. Oh, Remember, Kat, these fans are these fans are are angry, man. I mean, the right. Ben Simmons chapter did not make them happy. Um, if anything, I'd say a lot of them are are embarrassed about that they let Ben Simmons do what Ben Simmons did. I think James Harden was just a little bit of redemption. So if it doesn't work, these fans are going to be knocking at the door for Daryl Morey's head. Yeah. All right, Calvin. Let's move into this nine o'clock game here. Oh man, Suns Mavericks game. We've got Phoenix at minus six. I want to say this right now. I have not seen a single um, NBA analysis that has picked the Mavericks yet. Um, Vegas obviously does not think that Dallas can compete in this game. They've got Phoenix at minus six. Uh, Nobody is injured for either team here. Again, interesting. Uh, Devin Booker's back. Calvin, what are you, what are you kind of expecting for the series here? Uh, And then what are you expecting for game one? um, And then the series. Well, what Cav said is absolutely right. Um, there are 13 NBA experts at uh, ESPN. All 13 of them picked the Suns to win this series. Um, so, um, like I said, a lot of them picked it in six or seven, so they at least think the Mavs will compete in this one. Um, I absolutely do, too. Uh, game one is going to be big, Cat. Devin Booker is at maybe 60%, 70% still. Yep. This guy is not healthy, so we have got to take advantage of that. I want him guarding Luka on the pick and roll every single play. Um, and I think that's the biggest recipe for success. If you can drag Devin Booker across the defensive end, I mean, that's going to be a rough night for the um, Phoenix Suns. The other, on the other end, though, guarding Chris Paul is going to be a tough, a tough ask, man. A lot of our our good defenders are a little bit longer. Reggie Bullock is going to be the guy, and uh, if Reggie Bullock can at least just do a semi good job of slowing Chris Paul down, you got a chance to be successful in Game One because I don't think Mikel Bridges is going to torch Dorian Finney-Smith by any measure. Well, see, that's my thing. Is is there's a couple of things that I'm looking, I'm looking at going into the series. First off, you cannot be down by more than five, six, seven points heading into the fourth quarter. I mean, this cannot be. Chris Paul's Chris Paul is too damn good uh, to allow his team uh, to blow a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. That's number one. You've got to be in striking distance with that. Uh, number two, you've got to shoot as well as you did um, in the Utah first three games, four games against Utah. Uh, five games, I guess. You've got to shoot that well to beat this Suns team. Now, the thing that is 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 important here is the fact that Devin Booker is not 100% healthy. Uh, let me tell uh, you that. Not, that is... This is not going to be the Devin Booker that's going to go out there and drop you 30 points. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what what role Chris Paul plays in this in this series here because well, and let we me saw him this. shoot the lights out of the gym and go for 33 can he do that again uh, with, with this Dallas defense? I don't think so. The, but the are they going be, to try and do it, though? The thing that's going to be interesting for me with Chris Paul is how well does Chris Paul deal with the fact that Luka is going to pick him out of his defense? I mean, every single yeah. time Luka – because what, what I'm seeing all over Twitter is the talk about Mikel Bridges. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not pick who guards Luka. Luka picks who guards him. Like, let's yeah. get that one crystal clear <laughs> out there. There is there is no selecting who guards Luka. He picks who he wants. And I'll tell you, there's two guys he's got in mind in this series, Kathy. He's going to be picking on them all series long. It's going to be Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And the issue Chris Paul had last series is Jose Alvarado, uh, CJ McCollum. These guys asked little to nothing out of him on the defensive end. Luka Doncic is going to ask everything out of him on the defensive side. So that's the thing that's going to be interesting. A big 
one in this series, Kath, DeAndre Ayton. If DeAndre Ayton does not play to the level that he played last series, the Phoenix Suns do not have a shot in this series. They need him to be a reliable 20 points in every single game, and he needs to absolutely torment Dwight Powell down low. Uh, Dwight Powell should be somebody that shouldn't be able to hold DeAndre Ayton. Him and Chris Paul should feast on Dwight Powell in the pick and roll. And the same yep. thing goes for what I said about Luka on Chris Paul. Chris Paul should try to pick out on Luka and give him some hell on the defensive end. You cannot let Luka stand in a corner on defense and just guard rotational help. You need to make him earn his minutes because you know he's going to play 42 to 44. The good news is, Kath, I think Chris Paul's, uh, I mean, I think Jalen Brunson is going to really surprise a lot of people on the I job do he does on uh, Chris Paul. I, I think this too. man is a scrappy defender. He is exactly what Chris Paul wants. Uh, Chris Paul wants to play body to body. So does Jalen Brunson. So uh, I think the Mavs have the recipe to win this series. You just got to do a lot of things right. You're going to have to play high end playoff basketball. And I mean, just that's just the expectation for the postseason. I don't see this series going any shorter than six games. No, man, it's uh, going to be a long one. It's going to be a long one, um, especially with the Devin Booker so injury. It, uh, they've got a chance to yeah. drop one of these in Phoenix, and you you don't want to go back to the AA. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's been 10 years since we've had this. Uh, we're, we're witnessing the 10-year anniversary of the playoff run yeah. right now. It has been a long time since these Mavs fans have had this. They are hungry as hell. Uh, if you're Phoenix, the worst-case scenario is losing one of these first two games. You want to keep home court all the way through this series, especially tonight. Do not give the Mavs confidence, Phoenix. If you let the Mavs win this first game and you let them believe this series will be hell for you the rest of these games, you want to put a statement down tonight, make sure the Mavs know you're the superior team. Well, you know what, what I was saying, uh, and I was saying this to you, yesterday I guess before you left and this is talking about Jalen Brunson I love Jalen Brunson because this kid is a winner and I oh, was yeah, saying his that, whole career I was, I was saying that you know his entire career he's been a winner high school college and now now he's he's a winner and he's a scrappy guy um, I love players like that I love players who win in college and I love because they're not they're, they're not afraid of that big shot I'm telling you and he was Brunson big at Villanova in, as a freshman. Exactly. And as a he, freshman, he was big in the national title game. Exactly. He was hit, he was hitting big shots. That's my thing. He's played in two really massive games in college that had sellout crowds that had that had thirty thousand people in there, forty thousand people in there. Um, you know, you're you're playing at AT and T Stadium for crying out loud, <laughs> yeah. uh, right? So that that's my thing. With that's the biggest plus side about Jalen Brunson, and that's why we saw him take over in Game One. Um, in game two against Utah was because he's been there. He, he's not afraid of the lights. He's not afraid of the tough shot. And he's going to go out there and he's going to get you a bucket and he's going to play his ass off. And that's what I really love. And listen, I don't even think that the, the, the focus is even on Luca because Luca's going to drop you his 28, 29, 30, right? The focus should be on Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell. And, well, and, uh, and that's the thing for Cleveland. Phoenix to remember Phoenix in the fourth quarter, Make somebody else beat you. Do not. One of the mistakes Utah made was in the fourth quarter. They got back into it in both of the last two games, and they let Luka beat them, bro. Force somebody else. Let JB, let Dorian Finney-Smith take the last shot. Do not let Luka just stand by himself on the guy he picks, because that's what I'm telling you guys. He will pick whoever he wants to the torch, and there is nothing you can do about it. Double-team him, blitz him, force the ball out of his hands, and make one of these other guys beat you in the fourth quarter yeah. because you don't want it to just be that guy. And honestly, Kath, I want to tell you the same thing goes for Chris Paul too, man. You do not want Chris Paul to score 14 straight points in the fourth quarter or end a basketball game. That is, There is no recipe for success right there. So if he gets on one of those shots, you've got to start putting two, three bodies on him. Make one of these other guys. Make Jay Crowder, who shot 19% from behind the three-point line, make his triples. Yeah, so how – okay, what do you – or who are you looking for outside of Luka and maybe Jalen Brunson? Who are you looking for on your on your Mavs team here 
um, to kind of take carry a little bit of a load here um, and, and push you over this edge because I think you match up fairly well with Chris Paul um, and, and Devin Booker. You've got Luka and Jalen Brunson. What's going to be the key here uh, for you guys to win? Well, and let me tell you, um, I got two guys individual, uh, and these two guys are the X factor in this series. They both played 40-plus minutes per game in the last series. They were both good in all six games, Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith. Both of these guys are A-plus defenders. Um, I think Dorian Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be chasing around Devin Booker while Reggie Bullock is chasing around Chris Paul. The thing I want to remind everybody about the Mavs coming into this series, uh, we're a pretty offense, but damn, we are one hell of a defense, bro. We are not selling offense. We are here bringing the second-best defense in basketball into this series and the reason we do that is because we have two guys who are great point defenders and the thing that really makes me feel good about this series Kath is both Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder shot absolutely piss poor in the last series uh, if they let us leave them open and let us play rotational defense we will eat we will eat this team up Jay Crowder has got to hit open shots and so does Cam Johnson because we saw in the first round with Rudy Gobert nobody rotates like the Dallas Mavericks if you're going to give us right. somebody who can't shoot we're going to send two three balls or bodies to the ball every single time so I need guys like Jerry Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, another big one, Kath. He played great in the first round. We need him to shoot that high percentage from three again because you don't want the Mavs to start leaving people open to go tear up Chris Paul on the drive. Right. Well, let's um, let's talk about Tuesday here uh, before we throw it over to final takes and winners and losers here. Uh, um, the Buck-Celtics game, too, that uh, starts at 10. Or, sorry, excuse me, that starts at 6. Uh, it's on TV. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, the Warriors Grizzly games eight thirty. It's also on TNT. Thank God these all all these games during the, during the week are going to be on TNT. Couldn't have asked yes. for anything better. Uh, do like Doris Burke. Not a big fan of Jeff Van Gundy though. Um, do not like his voice. I think his. Well, we talked about this terrible. over the weekend. We Drop did. him. Get Doris Burke up there with Mike Bream and Mark exactly. Jackson. That's something. That's something I can get behind right there. That'd be it a hell is. of a tandem. Uh, yeah, and their their halftime shows just. Oh, man, bro. I hate Jalen Rose so much, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all know he gave up 81 points in a basketball game. We're all well aware of that, right? This guy talks about other people not playing defense. I hate him so much, Kat. Uh, Who do you have here? Bucks, Celtics, and then uh, Warriors, Grizzlies, game two. Um, Got to go Celtics here, man. No way the Celtics lose game two in Boston. Uh, if you go down 0-2, going back to Milwaukee, this series is over. I think Boston comes out with everything to play for with their backs. Not not all the way against the wall, Kath, but they're starting to creep back into that corner, and they're well aware of it. So I think they're going to come out swinging in this game, find a way to win. Um, Antetokounmpo is going to play better, though. He's not shooting 8 for 25, Kath. And if he plays better than what he played in the first game, it's going to be hard for them to win this game. So they're going to have to do some type of defensive job there. But I don't. there's no way they lose two in Boston, right? There's no way. And then the other one, same, uh, the Memphis one. Memphis, I'm a little bit more worried about losing two in Memphis, man. Uh, John Moran's got to get that shooting number under control, and you got to hope they shoot as bad as they did in the first game because if Golden State can fix that shooting number, Kat, they gave up 117 points, and both Curry and Thompson were piss poor from the field. So if those guys get their shooting number better, Memphis might have a hard time. But I'm going to take Golden State to go up 2-0 going back to Golden State. Uh, I'm the complete opposite. I've got the Bucks going up 2-0 here. Um, strictly because Giannis is not going to play, shoot that bad. Um, nobody right. could do anything with Giannis. Jason Tatum when, is, is will just try and guard him. Boy, he, he threw him down like a little boy, bro. Threw him down like a little kid. Yeah, like a little boy. Yeah, that that's hey, listen. Giannis is not kidding. Okay, let's get that straight. Let's <laughs> get that straight right there. Um, I've got the Bucks going up. I think the Celtics will come out and play better. Uh, but I also think that Drew Holiday and, and uh, Giannis are both going to play better than what they did in game one, uh, and they won game one. Uh, their defense is incredible. Their defense on Jason Tatum, 
uh, is was incredible. They kind of liked it off there. Drew Holiday uh, in the beginning was great. Uh, towards the end of the game, it was, all, it was not as great. I think that's because he ran out of gas. That's just my personal uh, thing. It looked a little like it, huh? It looked like he ran out of gas. Um, and then I, I have the Grizzlies win a game, too. I know that I don't have a ton of confidence in Curry. Curry has not been as consistent as, as we know Curry is. No, it's um, fair. I, st- I still do think that he's going to have another game, game two, going to have another five for 12 game. Uh, and, and, and I think that Jaw is going to take better shots. And listen, Jaw dropped 34. I get that. That's great. Uh, he just needs to drive to the damn paint. And we talked about this uh, mm-hmm. on Friday when, whenever he torched Minnesota in the fourth quarter uh, and, and 14 straight points or whatever. Uh, and, and we're not, we didn't, we, we haven't seen it really since. And we haven't seen it throughout this entire playoffs. Like, there is nobody, like, John Morant is so damn quick and he can, and he, finishes, so fast. and he finishes so well that there's not, and especially on this Warriors team, there's not anybody that can necessarily guard him and, and make him take a tough shot necessarily. Go to the free throw line, get a foul, take those kind of shots. I like those better. He hadn't made a mid range shot yet. Here we go. Um, so I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that he's gonna now listen though. Desmond Bain's got to play better, Calvin. He's got. Yeah, to he play can't be better. three cannot, for ten. He cannot be three for ten again. Missed a lot of um, open shots too. Can't do that. It is a lot of rest because here, he does. Here's the thing with this Grizzlies team is that it is that John Morant, whether he plays good or great, they still need Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson to put in. A no, hundred percent every single right? time. Uh, yeah, he John Morant cannot go out there and, and just straight win a game by himself. We've seen it. Uh, he's a superstar, absolutely. That's not a knock on John Morant. There are very few people that can just win a game by themselves. Giannis, KD, LeBron, um, James Harden three years ago, those kind of players, yes. Uh, John Morant's not there yet. So, uh, anyways, that's who I have. Uh, Calvin, I want to throw it out to uh, – throw it over to the final takes here. Well, actually, let's do winners and losers of the weekend, and then let's throw it to final takes. Who Who's your biggest uh, – who's your winner and your losers over the weekend? Um, loser of the weekend, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Um, draft went by and nobody came calling. Um, the reason why nobody came calling was because nobody wanted him. Um, that's just absolutely tragic for Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield's confidence. I know he's not feeling too good about that. Um, my other, I'm going to do another loser, Kath, because I really like hating on this guy just as much as Baker Mayfield. Um, the Utah Jazz organization, um, they have now entered full turmoil as their two best players absolutely hate each other. Um, I've got no clue what the future looks like in Utah, and I got a feeling they don't either. Um, they're going to look for the best suitable caller, and uh, hopefully they keep Donovan Mitchell and keep struggling along with that because that's what they deserve, man. It really is. Um, winner of the weekend? Come on, Kath. Nowhere else I could go. The Dallas Mavs found a way to punch their ticket to the second round. I am absolutely bouncing off the walls right now waiting for this 9 o'clock game. Um, like, I think we're going to compete in this series, too. Hopefully we throw some punches back, make keep ourselves relevant. And if we can find a way to win a second-round series, I will be immaculate. I will be untamable. I will be out of control. So I'm absolutely on top of it right now, Kath. Excited for game one. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to watch this tonight. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm going to stay up late, whatever. I don't have class tomorrow. It's right. going to be a great energy season. drink, whatever I need, man. I'm, I'm there. Uh, my loser of the weekend, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Texas baseball team here. Uh, they, <laughs> well, you're going to be astonished whenever you hear this. How about, no, how about this? We're going to go with the Texas uh, athletic department as a whole. There's a couple of things here. I'm the biggest Texas hater and I have no, like, I don't care. Um, I, I am. That's a proud hat to wear. Uh, <laughs> Texas baseball though. They did get swept by Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's really good uh, in their Big 12. It's a Big 12 series. And I can't really say much because we got swept by TCU. Uh, but after the sweep, this is interesting here. This is the one time that the, the, the rankings favored us more than they favored uh, UT. 
They dropped Texas dropped out of the top 25. Uh, they were wow. at 10. They were at 10 heading into this series, uh, Oklahoma State series this last weekend. They dropped out of the entire top 25. Uh, Oklahoma State bumps all the way up to three. Um, Texas or uh, Texas Tech, we stayed at nine. Uh, we, we beat Baylor two to one in the series. Um, but even after that TCU sweep, we didn't move at all. So, or we moved back, but we didn't move out of the top 25. So that's a little bit interesting to see. Um, I agree. A little bit interesting right there. It's a, li- it's, a, it's a little bit. Oh, hey, Adam Schefter. Cardinals Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is being suspended six games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. <laughs> That's why they picked up Hollywood Brown, ladies and gentlemen. The puzzle no becomes way, clear. Calvin. The puzzle no becomes clear. Way. We were scratching our head about Hollywood Brown, and now it makes sense. Uh, that's how oh it usually goes. Gosh. All right, I'm, I'm going to add another loser on there, too. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins yeah. the Cardinals. Uh, what an idiot. This is, ladies oh. and gentlemen, when you get hurt, we often see of his injury. Yeah, but say we often see athletes turn to speedy recovery, and speedy recovery usually includes performance enhancing drugs that are on the NFL no no list. And you got to remember the NFL is a lot different from places like Major League Baseball. There is a lot of things on the NFL no no list, not marijuana, but a lot of other things on the NFL no no list. So, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, this this is a bad look right here for you and the Houston Texans. But Hollywood Brown makes a lot more sense now. I understand why they were chasing receiver. Oh yeah. Um, God, that's terrible news. Oh, Kyler Murray's got to be just absolutely just pissed. Oh, he's trashing. Oh, that little that he's throwing a temper tantrum right now. I can see it. Oh, trashing his locker, throwing his jersey, yelling at management. Uh, My last, my last loser of the weekend here. Um, (laughs) cornerback Eli Ricks from Alabama, uh, (laughs) arrested for speeding and, and then got possession of marijuana. Would not be surprised to see if Nick Saban. Um, cuts him, gets him out of his program. Don't think that he'll serve any time, though, obviously. Um, depends on how much weed that he had. Uh, well, this kid was a first-rounder next year, huh? Well, his bond was set at $0, Calvin. Nice. We think that, we think that uh, old St. Nick had a little uh, – had something to do with that one over there? Or it would we... not surprise me if uh, he got a favorable call down to the office. Let me tell you, I'm pretty sure this, this kid was a uh, maybe first, second-round talent in the next year's draft, so you hate to see it, man. Bad choice. Hopefully uh, – he finds a way to uh, get back on the right track and back onto a football field. So it was his first marijuana possession charge, and his bond, so his bond was set at zero dollars. Um, so he, he, uh, I think he was like a four or five star recruit uh, out of California, went to LSU, transferred, uh, but he earned freshman all SEC, uh, all SEC, and then AP All American honors during his first season. This kid can play absolute. I mean, he could play out of his mind. Um, so hopefully. Uh, Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to move over to my winners here. I'm going to go with the New York football Jets. Jets? Sorry. Why did I say football? <laughs> New York Jets. Uh, did you say New York football Giants? That just came off my – I don't know. I'm going to go with the Jets. They had a, phenom- they had a phenomenal draft. Um, not hard to do. I mean, I'm glad that they had a phenomenal draft because you had you had as many picks as you did in the first round. Yeah, right. I'm going to go there. And then I'm going to go to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, 15 players of 15 of their players were drafted. Now, Kobe Dean did fall kind of stupid, uh, fell to 83. Uh, I had to the, Philly, though, but he is, but he, is a, he, he isn't, he isn't Eagles fan, and now he gets to go to a uh, he gets to go to the Eagles. But tell you, the Eagles, 15, the Eagles really smashed the draft, man. Just really did smash the draft. 15 players, Calvin, 15 mm, players for mm. one team. Um, I think they had seven. Defensive players taken in the first round, I think, is what that My was. My goodness. My I mean, goodness. That's incredible. That was great. I mean, to be fair, that was the greatest uh, defense that I had personally watched 
um, live, not film. That Miami defense was uh, with Ray Lewis. Well, remember, we talked about incredible. this, too, after this draft. Uh, we now have the most decorated team of all time with that 2017 Alabama team. So I thought that was pretty right. impressive, too. So it's lots of talent coming out of college football nowadays, man. Lots of talent. Yeah, these these big blue bloods of these uh, uh, of these um, the college football world, your Alabama's, Georgia's, your Ohio State's. Uh, Bro, think a lot about this. Of people to the draft. I'm, hey, I'm gonna throw something oh, at oh, you. Pause, pause, pause. Wait, oh, what wait, you got? What go you ahead. got? No, 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 no. You go first. No, I want you to go first. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I, I, I was checking some mock drafts for next year. We're talking about those big blue bloods, top four picks: uh-huh. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, Will Anderson, two Alabama, two OSU. Two the o- first four picks. Holy moly! Holy moly! That tells you right there how much talents are on these top rosters, man. It's absolutely insane. Oh yeah. Uh, I forgot. I got to throw this other loser in here, too. Who you got? Who's the, losing? Uh, Man, it was a rough weekend for the losers, huh? It was a rough weekend. Well, it was a rough weekend for them uh, for them burnt orange MFers down there in uh, Austin, <laughs> Texas. Let me tell you something. They had no players get drafted in the first round or oh, uh, in, in, in the, the entire draft. NFL draft. In the entire NFL draft, they had no players. Listen, we say this all of the time, Calvin. All oh, of the time. Man. If you want to go to the next level, Texas does not have a great track record with, with well, and, as much money and 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 they have it they, they make the most money in, in all of college football. Right? That's just astonishing to me. Bro, and this is one of those stats that that we use to highlight the fact that you're not wasting your time here. We told you this what in December when we got into an argument. They weren't gonna have anybody drafted. They weren't gonna have anybody drafted. And next hey, year, Cap. Outside of the running back, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to struggle to get anybody else drafted, too. I mean, be real with me. Think Besides the running back, can you name another guy on that roster who's ready to explode in the pros to the draft next year? Uh, no, because Xavier Worthy, is he was a true freshman last year. Yeah, you see what so I mean? he'll be a sophomore this next year. Uh, I think they, they have Ewers, a real chance of only sending one guy to the draft next year, too. Well, Quentin Ewers graduated. I don't know what his situation was. At, I think he redshirted, but I don't know. But he, I don't know. I can't remember. So I don't know if he'll be eligible or not. Um, yeah, B. John Robinson. Like that's yeah. gonna be it, bro. I mean, I'm 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 sorry, guys, but this is this is year in and year side. out right here. Their offensive line's not great. Um, yeah, the no. Te- the team's gonna have some issues being great. Uh, hey, great. All, Steve all Sarkeesian I, is supposed to be that guy, so maybe I'm wrong there. But hey, all I know is that uh, Texas Tech had two. Okay. Yes, sir. Had a wide, had a wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, and by the way, I was telling people all the the entire time that he was going in round three. Oh, and guess <laughs> guess what? Miami Dolphins got a steal at that round three. All right, Kelvin, let's go to uh, final takes and let's get the hell out of here. Um, I don't really know how much for final take. We got everything we needed to in this episode. I keep watching playoff basketball. Uh, it's being really entertaining right now. Still a couple of free agents out there. Watch out for guys like we saw Tyron Matthew get signed today. Watch out Darvis Landry, Julio Odell, Jadavion Clowney. I uh, really think Jadavion Clowney is going back to Cleveland. I hinted at this to Kath over the weekend. Should we get that deal sometime soon? So uh, watch out for these free agents slide into the backside of these rosters before ca- uh, camp opens up. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really excited to see these uh, NBA playoffs here because these are fun. This is going to be a phenomenal uh, next week here. There's a uh, lot of these, talent on the court, man. These game ones today and then these game twos tomorrow. Yeah, there's a ton of talent on the court. Bro, there's a uh, there's a lot of legacy that. on the court, man. There's exactly. a lot of resume defining moments out here. What can young right. Luka Doncic do? Young John Morant, Chris Paul looking for that yeah, all elusive rings, right? Exactly, right. Lots um, of good stories. I'm trying to think who. I'm trying to think what else I've got for final takes. Really nothing else. Uh, oh, tech fans out here, uh, I know you listen to our podcast. 
I knew um, you weren't going to forget this. I was going to hard patch you. Uh, Kevin McCullough did bring down his final two to uh, Kansas and Gonzaga. I'm not going to go on the record and say how I feel about it. Um, Calvin knows exactly how I feel about it. So, uh, <laughs> But I'm not going to go on the record and say anything about go it. Go to Gonzaga, not, bro. Do me a solid. Just go. Uh, Mark he's, Hughes, a great coach. He's developmental. He's not, ret- he's not returning. Yeah. Go go to Gonzaga. Go to Gonzaga, please, uh, for the sake yeah. of everyone. Let's see. Oh, uh, we also picked up a four-star recruit uh, for football as well. Um, we've been picking up guys in the draft. We got a guy from Oregon. We got the, uh, that kid from Canada. He played. I can't remember where he played at. Our basketball team's filling out the rosters. Um, there is that Hunter Dickinson stuff. Uh, he's a center for Michigan. He said that Texas Tech and Mark Adams. He called Mark Adams a phony and a whole bunch of other names. Uh, <laughs> said that he, blo- he said that he blocked Terrence Shannon's. Um, ability to come to Michigan because we wouldn't keep or we wouldn't keep him on the roster and give him a scholarship to take summer classes. Uh, Michigan oh, fans, how about, you, how about you look into uh, your own admissions office and look into this all-inclusive um, admissions office that you've got here? Listen, yeah, I've got a pretty and, and, good and, feeling it's harder to get into Michigan than it is to get into Texas Tech, bro. This is not really f- passing the, uh, the the eye test right here. As a, listen, uh, I'm going to bet you I could Google the acceptance rate and see all I needed to know about the University of Michigan. This is what I'm going to say to you right now before we get at it, and this, this will be my final take because I do like this. Uh, Michigan, in, in the world of transfer portal, how much it's growing, um, NIL didn't even have much play to this in, anymore. It's strictly transfer portal. Uh, you are going to have a difficult time winning this transfer portal battle, which, by the way, is now more important than recruiting itself. Honestly. You now can't you now can't sell anybody. Uh, you can't go in there and talk to any uh, uh, you know eighteen year old kid or 17, 16 year old kid. You're going to have to talk to twenty two year old guys, twenty one year old guys who have been in a program who understand the landscape of college basketball. Uh, to try and get them over to your school. And then you also, your admissions office has to allow them to come to your school as well. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's, that's it. And you're going to have a tough time. If you cannot, ha- if your admissions office is going to turn people away, uh, like <laughs> Terrence Shannon, like TJ Shannon, you're going to have a tough time. Uh, yeah, that's not a recipe, bro. Battle. Not I mean, a recipe. You're going to have a tough, especially with people like Ohio State in your own division uh, or your own conference. Uh, the Big Ten is, is probably the third best conference maybe tied for second with the Big 12 in total overall sports. They're de- they're definitely the second best in football. Uh, you're going to have a tough time here. So uh, I-, I get academic integrity. That's why Notre Dame also always struggles to get recruits. Now they find them and they do a hell of a job of recruiting, but they don't have – they have a harder time recruiting than anybody else in the country. Well, I do uh, not want to go take a- my classes there, bro. <laughs> you're not in a conference. You're you're a private school. You're a Catholic school. Uh, it One of the hardest offers in the world to get is Notre Dame. Uh, so in any sport, doesn't matter, especially football. It's one of the hardest things to do. Um, that's why Brian Kelly left. I'm, I'm so serious. That's why Brian Kelly left. Oh, absolutely. It's so much easier to recruit, to recruit to LSU than it is to Notre Dame. Uh, strictly on the basis of, now I get Notre Dame has a great history. I have, I get that Notre Dame has a great, uh, history and, and, and it's, and it's rich. I get that. But you only have X amount of players to pick from number one. And those same X amount of players are also getting the same call from Alabama and Nick Saban or somebody else. Uh, and, and you're going to have to sell to them why it's better for those kids to come out there um, and, and have to go to Bible classes um, and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then to be able to get in and then hold up the same academic standard uh, that Notre Dame wants you to have. So that's my rant for that day, for the day. Uh, shout out to shout out to Kevin McCullough, though, and, and Terrence Shannon Jr. <laughs> um, again, I'm not going to go on the record and say anything. So if you want to know how I feel, text me personally. I will let you know.
<laughs> but anyways, is that all we, 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 we done here, Calvin? Yeah, man, that's all I got, man. Y'all watch some apps tonight and do a lot of praying. Ask all for some help, man, because we're going to need it. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be back here on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the NBA, uh, of course. Maybe some more NFL stuff comes out. Uh, trades. Hopefully. I mean, this is we're, it's still the offseason. There's still people that are on um, or that, that are free agents. Hey, Cass, so, you want to know who's not getting traded? Baker Mayfield. He's, he's not going anywhere, <laughs> man. He'll be sitting on the sidelines shooting progressive commercials. You think backups get progressive commercials, Cass? I don't know. He's still, he, Dude, I mean, he's still, he's a former number one right? overall pick. That's what I'm saying. He's got some brand. Do backups get progressive commercials? Oh, no. I don't It'll know. be interesting it's to watch. I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, listen, it's not Baker's house anymore. So, hey, Baker's you know, house, they, Deshaun's it, women. Oh, 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 oh. oh. All, All right. So, we're going to be, let's listen, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to get the hell out of here. Uh, make sure you come back on Wednesday. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the NBA, uh, NFL, um, any other news that comes out. It was a busy weekend this last week. Uh, apologies for no show on Friday. Me and Calvin were kind of just living it up, kind of took a, took a break <laughs> off from the show a little bit, living up uh, Lubbock, Texas here. But listen, like I said, we will be back here on Wednesday. Um, so join us here on Wednesday on Inside the Lunch Table.